Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Innovating Innovation with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, creativity. Let's get started. Big topic. To produce a truly great idea, do you have to be a genius or... Do you just have to get lucky? I don't know, but we're going to find out today. If, like most people, you believe that the root of creativity and innovation is inspiration that comes from somewhere that bubble over your head if you were a cartoon character, well, what do you think about the role of courage and persistence and sticking to it and working hard? Maybe they have something to do with it, too. It's not hard to generate a lot of ideas, but if you have a lot of ideas, how do you pick just the great ones to focus on and pour your everything into? There are creative methods, and there are creative methods. Just like fashion and the seasons, they come and they go. So big question on the table today is, what if creativity is really a skill that you can teach, that you can nurture. And here's the dangerous part. Everybody could learn to be creative. We have so many questions, and we are in search of the answers. I have a panel of wonderful experts from all over the world today, and we're going to tackle these questions. And our big topic today is innovation and the creative techniques battleground. Ooh, sounds dangerous. Let's get started. Frank Rust from Summer Rust, a brand new company, is a design thinker and innovation consultant. And Frank sent me a quote from Jack London. John Griffith, Jack London, was an American author, journalist, and social activist and a pioneer in commercial magazine fiction. And here's the quote from Jack London. You can't wait for inspiration. You have to go after it with a club. Frank Rust, welcome. How are you today? I'm fine. Thanks, Tony. So I picked this quote because I think Jack London, I mean, he's a fiction writer and he had a very high output. And people ask him, okay, how is it possible that you have so many good ideas? And what he basically said is, I mean, you can't just sit around and wait for inspiration to happen. It does not come out of the blue. Um, it is hard work. And I think this also applies to companies who want to be innovative. So I think the club in today's companies. Go ahead. Go ahead, Frank. We have Brad talking in the background there from the studio. Go ahead. Go ahead, Frank, please. I think innovation management for companies is um, what what we tell our customers typically covers three aspects. So first, it's methods and tools. So it's Mm -hmm. very important that you know your tools, that you know your toolbox. So there's not one creative method out there which works for each and um, every of your problems. So you cannot pick the perfect method. So there are many of them out there. Even if you have, um, uh, you know your toolbox, you have your creative techniques and know, know how they work, you also need to make sure that you have a process in place which guides you through the different phases of innovation. So there are phases where you need to be creative, where you need to generate a lot of ideas. And those phases need different methods than phases where you need to select those ideas and be more focused on analytical aspects. So what you need to have is a structure which guides you without killing the freedom you need to be creative. 
even though you know your toolbox, you have a perfect process in place, I strongly believe that it does not work for your company if you don't have the right people. So it's very important that you find open-minded people who have general knowledge about a topic, but also have expertise in specific areas. And the challenge is, if you want to be innovative today, that you need to find those people within your organization. So to summarize, a good club for your company to, mm-hmm. to get inspiration is that you have the methods and tools, that you have the process, and you have the right people. Thank you, Frank. Great, great topic introduction. I just want to have a comment for you. I, I'm hearing the word analytics, analytical, and methods, and then I'm hearing creative and inspiration. And I, it just seems that they don't go together. You, you take a creative person, you say, well, we have to be methodical, we have to focus. What does a creative person say in response to that, Frank? Do they say, oh, you got the wrong kid, that's not me, I'm just going to go off and dream and think, and I'll come back with something brilliant someday. How do you, how do you discipline them? Is discipline the word we need, Frank? <laughs> That's a good question. So I don't think you you have to discipline them because, um, I mean, you need the creative freedom those people have. I think what's important to be really innovative is that you have a team of people. And I think different people need to have different skill sets. So you need to mm-hmm. have those creative people and you need to have people who are more analytical. So I think it's the combination of two, those two skill sets what makes your team successful. Thank you very much. Great start. Let's go to our second panelist. It's Yoni Stern from SIT. And Yoni sent me a quote from Johan de Clear, who is the uh, director of the Systems and Practices Lab at the Xerox Palo Alto Research Center. And he is a co-author of the book, Building Problem Solvers. And here's the quote that Yoni sent me. You can't think about thinking without thinking about something. Wow. Welcome, Yoni Stern, calling in from Israel. How are you today, Yoni? I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much, Bonnie. Thanks for joining me. So talk to uh, me. You, I, you selected this interesting quote. Tell, tell me about it. I did. Well, the, the topic's about creativity, and I was thinking about how do I explain creativity. And uh, I was thinking that my kids, when they asked me, what do you do, Dad? You work in creativity, but what does that mean? And I always try to explain to them, and this is the answer that they tell their friends, uh, that my father helps people think better. And I think that creativity is all about having the ability to think better, or at least have more alternatives and more options when you go about thinking whatever, about whatever topic you're thinking about. How can you really think about more potential solutions in addition to the way that you would normally think? So the first part of the quote, when it talks about thinking about thinking, really focuses on something that's uh, called metacognition in cognitive psychology, what we call metacognition, thinking about thinking. Uh, how do I actually improve my own thinking processes mm-hmm. by becoming more aware of how do I think usually? What are the usual paths that I, go, that I go about when I think about an issue? And how can I increase the flexibility or my agility of thinking? And there's quite a bit of research on the topic. And one of the things that, that I find quite interesting is some of the research of uh, Fink and Warden Smith in their book, Creative Cognition, uh, which talks about Function follows form as the right mm-hmm. approach rather than form follows function, uh, which talks about it's better or people have uh, an easier time thinking about things and then extrapolating what they could be good for than thinking about, okay, what do I want to think about and then finding the solution. 
so you really have to be thinking about something if you want to improve your thinking abilities. And uh, that's why I really like this quote. Thank you, Yoni. Uh, interesting question, thinking about thinking, how do we think? You know, a very popular word these days, and we cover it on several of our SAP Game Changers radio series, the word is mindfulness. Be in the moment. Engage. Think about what you're doing and what you're feeling and what you're thinking and what you're saying. And I'm going to go back to that D word I used in talking to Frank Rust a moment ago, discipline. So is your point of view and, and the research you brought to the table, and thank you for that, Yoni Stern, is, is this about disciplining ourselves to understand the thinking process in order to foster and nurture creativity? Is this something everybody can do? Just, just briefly, Yoni, your POV on this? <laughs> that's that's exactly what it was uh, because as you mentioned I'm from uh, an organization that works with a method called systematic inventive thinking which as you mentioned sounds like a, quite a paradox that it's systematic and yet it's inventive uh, and that's what it exact, exactly what it's about it's about using constraints using discipline in order to increase your creativity and your inventiveness and your innovativeness and uh, to maybe refer back to the question that you asked Frank uh, we find that, create, that creative people usually embrace discipline because sometimes the creative people uh, are very disciplined, but they're just not aware of their own thinking processes. And if you can make them be more aware, more conscious of the way that they typically think, it doesn't make them less free thinking. It doesn't give them l- worse results. It gives them better templates, which they can reuse time and again to recreate or come up with those new types of ideas, those innovative types of ideas that they would normally come up with, but in a much more efficient way. And so, yes, I think that anybody can be creative if they're taught the right tools. Creative people, when they're taught templates and discipline and structure, they they become so much more efficient. I like that. We have so many words coming out here, efficiency and discipline and creativity and inspiration and thinking and methods. This is going to be a great conversation. Thank you so much, Yoni. By the way, what time is it and where are you in Israel right now? I'm in Tel Aviv, and it's uh, 4.15 in the afternoon. Okay, I can't wait till we get to what's in your cup today and see what's interesting that you're drinking because it's almost the end of the day, sort of, for you. Let's turn to our third panelist. It's Alejandro Pifare. I hope I have that pronounced right, at SAP. And Alejandro has sent me a wonderful quote from Napoleon Bonaparte. I think this is Napoleon's first time on SAP Radio. And the quote is as follows. The battlefield is a scene of constant chaos. The winner will be the one who controls that chaos, both his own and the enemy's. Great quote. Alejandro, welcome. How are you today? Very well. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you for joining me. I need you to talk up just a little bit louder. Tell me about your quote, please. Very interesting. Go ahead. Okay. To be honest, I was looking for another quote. But when I found this, I it so much, so I decided to pick this one. Um, When you are running a a project or a workshop or an activity around creativity, uh, people like to feel that it's very inspirational and very chaotic. And you can do that. The trick is it has to be a controlled chaos. You have to do it in a way that people feel comfortable to open up, but at the same time, have to be very clear what you are doing and what they are doing. Very much connected with the topics from Yoni and, and Frank. Mm-hmm. One, uh, we always say it's not about dreaming. It's about solving problems or developing opportunities. 
it's good to open this space and have a lot of ideas. But sooner or later, you have to make a call and make a decision. And you move from there. So basically, I like the idea of uh, a coach who is managing a group or uh, managing a project. Uh, his main job is basically creating this chaos but keeping this chaos in control. I have a question for you, Alejandra. Thank you for that. Yep. Do we have a, are we talking about in a big company or in a startup having a special room and the title of the room is creativity room? Beware all who enter here and that you might come out changed as a different person with a different way of thinking. Do we sit these people down and we get what used to be a piece of paper, uh, used to be a blank slate, you know, tabula rasa? Well, with our human memory, we know there's never really a blank in there. There's always something going on. Going back to uh, Yoni Stern's quote about you can't think about thinking without thinking about something. Uh, the question is, do, do we just sit people down and say, okay, you've got three hours to be creative and we expect with methodology and discipline and, and uh, creative systematic inspiration, we expect an idea from you that we can consider investing in by 5 o'clock today. OMG, is that what we're talking about here, Alejandro? Uh, you can... Two things first. Uh, uh, we use a lot of special rooms for creative activities or innovation, but after a while... I don't like them because it looks like a temple. And sometimes mm-hmm. people get inspired, but sometimes people get a bit afraid. And my experience says that you can be creative in any place. You need the environment is not the location, it's the physical location. The environment is the mood of the people. So basically, if they, as Frank was saying before, if you have the, doesn't matter if they feel they are created or not, but they, if they are willing to try, if they have an attitude of, okay, let's check, let's see if that may work, you can do wonderful things. The trick is, uh, when you face any challenge, uh, whatever they ask to do has to be a bit difficult but not impossible. You cannot ask people, okay, you have half a day to uh, give a mm-hmm. product that will be pretty successful with a big profit. It's not possible. You need to be, right. you need to find the right balance. Inspiration enough, but can be done. And this I was is being one of the major skills of, of a good coach. Thank you. I was being a little facetious because I wanted to know if that's the way it works. This is just too good to pass up. Uh, Yoni, quick thoughts about that? The room with creativity over the door. Be careful all who enter, what's going to come out. Any thoughts? Is, is that a, a, Am I being silly or is that something that some companies actually have? Just quickly from you and then Frank, and then we're going to go to our What's in Your Cup segment. Yoni? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that uh, you're being a little <laughs> bit silly, but unfortunately, a lot of companies have it. Um, and they, they do believe uh, that creativity happens only in a creative environment, and their definition of what a creative environment is usually silly and playful. Um, I, with some of the spaces that sometimes it is important to have just a demarcation, and this is a safe place in a otherwise too critical environment where you can mm-hmm. be a bit more innovative. I think that sometimes that is important, especially in certain cultures of, of organization. However, it really should have much more of a work atmosphere than a play atmosphere. I and mean, one of the companies that I worked with uh, has a, they call it the war room, the innovation war room, uh-huh. uh, because it, it really has to have an atmosphere of work, not just, you know, this is where I go to play and have fun, and I don't really expect to come out with anything useful, but uh, just different. 
I love it. Thank you very much. I'm writing this down to myself. Innovation War Room. Great idea. Thank you. Frank Rust, uh, thoughts on this before we ask everybody what they're drinking? Frank? Sure. So I agree to both what Alejandro said and also what Yoni said, because I think it's important that you also give people confidence that they can have maybe silly ideas. And this is easily done if you have a specific room. But on the other hand, and I think this is also important, if you want to to be innovation, to be part of your company's DNA, that you have this this environment within the whole company. So I don't think only the people working in this innovative room are the ones who can really have the best ideas or the winning ideas. I think everyone in the company can have it. So they may come from the board level, they may come from the expert levels or from the support groups even, so people talking to the customers. So I think innovation can come from everywhere the specific room to be creative, to have an yeah, innovation war room is, um, is, uh, is an accelerator for those people. Thank you very much. Great answers. Thank you, gentlemen, for indulging my silliness, but I had a feeling we might end up with something interesting there. Let's circle back to, well, Yoni Stern, you were originally on my lineup here, so let's start with you. Yoni, you're in Israel, you're in Tel Aviv, it's late afternoon. What is in your cup? What are you drinking or what are you planning to drink right after the show? Yoni? (laughs) In my cup right now, I have a, a double espresso. Um, because not only is it late in the day, but it's late in the week. In Israel, we work from Sunday till Thursday, so this is really mm-hmm. our last day of the week. We're coming towards the end of the week, uh, and I just need another shot of energy uh, to keep me going for the next two or three hours so I can head home. Um, typically, I, I don't usually drink coffee for the pleasure. It's a very functional drink for me, so uh, yeah. now is a really good time to have that extra double shot. Um, and, uh, you know, coffee, coffee has not really been, uh, a true love for me. Uh, my wife is Italian, at least her mother's from Italy. So, uh, mm-hmm. in the family, there's a true love for coffee and I've been a, a bit brought into the fold. Uh, so whenever her cousins come from, uh, Rome to visit us in Tel Aviv, they always bring me a couple of packages of, uh, good Lavazza coffee from Rome, uh, for our espresso machine. So I've mm-hmm. gotten used to the taste. Uh, I can't say that I still love it, but, uh, it is an acquired taste. Better coffee and worse coffee. I have, I have learned to realize that. I love it. Thank you so much. I love the the uh, import of of good coffee from Italy for you. That's great. Thank you very much, Frank Rust, uh, celebrating the launch of a new company, Summer Rust. Frank, what are you drinking in celebration, either of being on the radio or your new company? Talk to me. <laughs> yes, um, right now I don't have a coffee in front of me. I mean, it's nearly half past three in the afternoon, and um, I have a tea. So I was born in the northern part of Germany. And we have a very nice tradition in Ostfriesland. So it's a part of North Germany. And what we do is we drink coffee in a special way. So what we prepare a cup of, um, or a cup, we put a rock of sugar in it, mm-hmm. we fill it up with tea, and at the end we put some cream on it. So the nice mm. thing about this is that if you try to drink your tea, you start with the bitter taste of the tea, then uh-huh. if you start to drink, it mixes up with the cream, so you have a different flavor in it. And at the end, you have the sweet from the sugar at the bottom of your cup. 
So it's actually three drinks in one, and I think this is maybe the greatest invention of Friesland ever made. Wow. I'm going to call it layered tea. I've never heard of it. I know there are certain types of after-dinner drinks. We all know those where you put in a little heavy cream and you put in a little Kahlua and you put a little this and that and you just watch it. Or when you use green creme de menthe, which is so pretty to look at in a glass with all those other colors and flavors. Thank you very much, Frank. That's very interesting. And Alejandro, where are you calling from and what time is it and what are you drinking? Alejandro Pifare. Hello, I'm, I'm calling from the south of Germany, uh, but I think I will beat both of you with my drink. I'm drinking mate. <laughs> Do you have any clue what mate is? Mate? Sorry, uh, is, is it a Spanish drink, some kind of a uh, wine? No, it's an it's a, it's a infusion for uh, South America. It's very much drink in Argentina, Uruguay, uh, Paraguay, and sort of Brazil. And basically, it's a kind of tea, but you need to drink with a straw. And the good thing about mate is a social drink. You never drink this thing alone. You always drink in a group uh, with people, with family or friends. So it reminds me when I was in my country and was with my friends or my family having a good time. So for me, bring, probably it's an alcoholic taste. So if you don't know, you don't like it. But for me, bring, every time I drink one, bring a lot of memories. I love that. You know what? Three really good stories. Thank you, all three of you. Charming. I'm I'm smiling from, from ear to ear here, but I have to go on with the show. Guess what? You've all earned a break. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we will kick off our roundtable. We'll start with Yoni Stern in Israel at SIT, and Yoni will tell us a little bit about what SIT is and does, and we'll also find out from, from Frank Rust all about Summer Rust. But we're going to have a roundtable on our topic today, very interesting topic, innovation and the creative technique battleground and listeners you might be saying to yourself i don't buy it you can't have techniques for creativity i still think you put people in a room you give them a blank slate and you say come up with something great but there is a method to that madness and that's what our panel is talking to us about today we have yoni stern at sit frank rust at summer rust and alejandro pifare at sap i'm bonnie d graham and a quick shout out to our series sponsor it's michelle serrier at sap and our topic today is on our show Let's see, this is episode number four in our new series called Innovating Innovation with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP Services. We'll be right back after the break. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Bread out. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. Factors as diverse as insights from growing volumes of data, the new global pool of talent, resource scarcity, and business networks and supply chains are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of change. Innovating Innovation with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Voice 
whether the market's up or down. Or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Innovating Innovation with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Innovating Innovation with Game Changers. Welcome back, and we're talking about the Creative Techniques Battleground, and that's our topic today relating to innovation. That's our series. We're going to start off our roundtable with Yoni Stern at SIT, and Yoni's going to tell me in just a moment what SIT is and what they do. But here's the topic we want to talk about, Yoni, from your notes you sent me before the show. You say innovation is defined by thinking and acting differently in a useful and effective way. That's really clear and to the point, but let me just elaborate right here. You say it basically means innovation isn't just about doing things differently. The things that are different need to be connected strongly to business objectives, thus being useful. So we put a little bit of a muzzle on creativity there. It's got to have a purpose. It's got to have an end goal. So Yoni, welcome back for our roundtable. First, tell me what SIT is, and then let's get going with your definition. Please go ahead. Okay, thank you. Um, SIT stands for Systematic Inventive Thinking. And it's the name of our company, but it's also the name of a methodology. And actually, the methodology preceded the name of the company. Uh, it's not that the company developed the method, but the method was researched and uh, developed out of a university system, uh, validated in the academia. And then, once it had academic proof that uh, it can work and it should work, uh, a consulting firm was created around it in order to apply the systematic inventive thinking method for organizations around the world. And what we do with companies is we help them become what we call self-sustaining and innovation, so that they'll be able to not have to rely on consultants for the long term, and they'll be able to really embed innovation as part of a culture and as a skill within the organization. And uh, to connect with what uh, Frank mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, we strongly believe that it requires to have the right structure in the organization, to have the right mechanisms to support innovation, uh, but it also needs to have to create true business results, as you mentioned, Bonnie. Uh, it has to really have an influence on the business and create growth or productivity or whatever it is you're using innovation as a tool to accomplish in order to achieve your strategy. And uh, because, as we've been talking about, it's, it can be a learned process because innovation can be taught and can be learned as a skill, there are also training elements involved if you really want to become self sustaining. Uh, so that's what we do as an organization. Okay, thank you. And, and I want to just um, add one more comment yeah. from your notes, Yoni, and you can continue on this, and then we'll invite Frank to chime in and, of course, Alejandro. You say think inside the box as opposed to outside of it. I just want to get that in because everybody says, oh, to be creative, think outside the box, to get the boundaries off, take off the shackles. There are no perimeters. Uh, it's not a square anymore. It's just an open field. Put your brain to work and come up with something. So why do you say think inside the box? 
Uh, it, it's connected to the, the other question you asked about creativity. Um, and I think that it's uh, very interesting that you find when you're looking for definitions of creativity, there are, there's really no one accepted definition of creativity. Uh, but there's been quite a bit of research on the topic, and it seems that creativity is correlated to two very specific elements. Uh, one is originality, as we could all assume, and the second one is value. If you come up with something that's valuable, but everyone else has been thinking about it, it doesn't have any newness towards it, it can't be considered creative. It could be business-oriented, but it's not really creative. On the other hand, if you have just originality, it's very new and different, but it has no value or it has little value, those are usually called bizarre. They're, they're strange, but <laughs> I don't understand why, why we're doing this. I don't understand what, this, what the purpose of this all is. And so creativity really has to have both elements in order to be really creative. It has to be new and it has to be valuable. Thank you very much. Frank Rust, want to hear what you have to say about this. Thoughts on inside and outside the box and the idea that creativity to be useful has to have a business objective and then and only then is it useful. Talk to me. Yes, so I agree. So I think, um, I mean, innovation to be really valuable needs to cover both. So it needs to be something different, maybe something new, but also something which brings value to your business. What I, oh, um, what I love to think about is and that innovation is something which um, helps you to think or is something which, um, which helps you to embrace your heart and your mind. So you think with your heart and your mind. So there are maybe companies who are focusing mainly on, on thinking with their hearts. So this is true for high fashion or for luxury goods companies. So they, they act based on their gut feelings. So they have very strong emotions and feelings about their products. And then on the other hand, we have companies who um, focus on their mind. So they have something like, okay, we have technology and this should work, um, but they try to, to forget how users feel about this. And I think to, to really have value or to really be creative, you need to incorporate both in your innovation process. So you nearly, you need to incorporate your heart and your mind in the different phases of your innovation process. So if you're a luxury goods company, maybe you should focus more on the um, analytical part. So based on figures and, and data, you should try to enrich your innovation process, where for technology, you should embrace more the gut feeling and the emotions. I like the introduction of the idea of emotion in this. I think this is we, we even the word passion. We need to get that into onto the table when we're talking about creativity. Thank you, Frank Alejandro Pifare. What are your thoughts on where our conversation is going? Talk to me. I don't know the style of the program, Bonnie, but can I disagree a little bit with Joy? Yeah. Oh, I want I you to. Yes, we love disagreement. Talk to me. Yes, go ahead. You've got the platform. Okay. Basically, first. Uh, it doesn't have to be business results, but what I heard when people are in a room or in a group or in a project, and they came to discuss or they came to be creative, this doesn't work. You are, you are there for doing something. Maybe business-oriented, maybe not business-oriented, but it has to be a purpose. If you have a purpose, you can do something interesting. This is one. The second is I like the concept of inside the box from from SAT, but I think it's 
going there is a bit too limited. Sometimes you want to open the space, and you need to go, I don't know if you'll take the ball, but you need to look for ideas for different sources. Sometimes you want to be inside the box, and it's, very, it's proven that constraints foster creativity. So I would say that it's not one or the other. Uh, you can both model most of being creative works, and the trick is picking the right ones depending on the challenge you are working on. Yoni, you want to come back with a comment to that, a rebuttal? Well, I, I, think, I think that uh, there's a difference between uh, inside the box as a starting point and inside the box as a result. Um, in my opinion, inside the box is, is a great starting point because, again, if you, you have to think of something when you think about thinking or when you want to be creative. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to have a very clear box as a starting point. From that point on, you can break through uh, to some things that are extremely different. But if you don't know where you're starting from, you're really at a loss. So we, we get back to that blank paper. So you don't want the end result of your creativity to necessarily be too far inside the box or inside the box at all. You want to make sure that you're very clear about what resources you can tap into as a way to evolve whatever system you're looking to evolve for business or for personal reasons, and I agree 100%. Just thought mm-hmm. that we were talking more about business here, but you can u- utilize creativity for very much anything, especially if you consider mm-hmm. it thinking. But you really want to be clear on what you have right now, and that will make you much more efficient in your creative process and let it push you out as far as uh, your objectives will allow you to. Thank you. Alejandro, you want to come back to him, or are we good? I want to make sure everybody gets their time. We good? No, we're good. We're good. <laughs> okay, I, I, will, I want I will challenge him yeah. later in the in the radio. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to come and find you, Yoni. He's going to come and find you, yeah. Frank Rust. I want to I want to go to some of Frank's notes here. Uh, very interesting statement. Very important to get this one on the table. Frank says creativity is not for everyone. Creativity does not know any hierarchy. The winning idea can come from anywhere. But quantum leaps require questioning the status quo, unlearning obsolete business practices and more. Not everyone is equally apt to do so, and we have to increase our creative pool of contributors within the organization. A lot of great thoughts. You mean if it could be taught to everyone, then it is for everyone. So are you saying, Frank Russ, that it's not teachable, so therefore it's not for everyone? Talk to me. Help me out here. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I think every company can be creative, and I think every company has creative people. I also think everyone can be creative. But the question you have is, I mean, if you want to be innovative in the short term, so you want to be start, uh, you want to start to be innovative today, and um, you need to find the people who are best suited to be innovative, and those are um, the people. It's maybe. Yeah, already open-minded within your company. But I truly believe that everyone within the company can be of huge value for your innovation process. But it requires work. So for the long term, you need to make sure that you build your innovative workforce and that you also create an environment where people feel free to speak up and to also share their ideas. So I think everyone can be creative, but 
I am not sure if everyone really wants to be creative because I think there are also people around who are doing very, very valuable things in our companies, but they just want, don't want to change anything. They want to do their work as they did it yesterday. Very, very good point. Thank you. It is not for everyone, even if it's teachable skill. It's the same for everything in life, I think. Alejandro Pifare, talk to me. You agree with Frank Rust or not? I would love to say that everybody should be creative all the time, but we need to be practical here. If in a company, if everybody's doing the same thing over and over again, sooner or later the company will fail. At the same time, if in a company nobody is doing the day-to-day operations and everybody is thinking about the future, they will get lost too. So you need to find the right balance. And probably some people are more willing and better for managing the business in the current status and others are better for looking for new opportunities. Uh, to be honest, I, I, I am not a good operational person, but mm-hmm. they are very important in any company. So I don't think that... Uh, not being creative or not having a creative job doesn't have to be something like a stigma. Uh, and you need all these capabilities in a company. Thank you. So we need to round out the skill set in addition to the pool of creative people and people who want to be creative. Uh, let's go to Alejandro. Thoughts? I, I, that what? Can, I, can I jump in on this? Uh, yeah, Yoni, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, okay. I, I think I think that creativity is for everyone, and uh, I think that it comes to, to light oftentimes in one of the most creative of all industries, and that's uh, the advertising industry, where you actually have a function in ad agencies that are called the creatives. And uh-huh. one of the things that's really important to train ad agencies in is that the creatives aren't the only ones that are responsible for creativity. The account managers and the strategy people, uh, the planners, everyone has to be creative in order to really uh, have a thriving business, a thriving business. So uh, I think that creativity is for everyone, but I do agree that there has to be different functions. Not everyone can be responsible for coming up with a product idea. Uh, You have Mm -hmm. to be creative in your own field, and sometimes people need to learn how to facilitate other people in creativity. Sometimes people have to learn how to be creative on their own, and as Alejandro said, you have to learn to flip the switch of creativity when needed. Most of the time, you don't need to be creative. You have to be efficient. Uh, but sometimes you need to be creative, and it's crucial. And if you don't have the ability to flip that switch and be creative in whatever uh, whatever situation you're in, then uh, then you're really at a loss in your business. So even in the early stages, as Frank mentioned, I think that creativity is very important for everyone. Uh, but people should use their creativity skills in different ways, depending on what situation they're in and what function they're in. Great point. Thank you. Anybody else have anything to say on this this topic before we go in a different direction? Because I'm looking at some of Alejandro's notes here, and I have a place I'd like to go. Anybody want to wrap up with this one? Frank, you good? Alejandro, you good? Yep. Everybody, everybody happy? Okay. I'm looking at Alejandro Pifare's notes here. Very interesting point. Alejandro, I introduced the con- concept that we were hadn't talked about passion yet and, uh, and uh, emotion. 
and that's important in creativity. That's what we think of the creative person as somebody who's almost a zealot. And that goes to your point here, Alejandro. Let me read this. Many times when a person or group develops a creative technique, they fall in love with it and take a religious perspective. Is this a dangerous thing for an organization to watch out for? Alejandro, please expand this point for us. When people are used to do, or to say, between brackets, normal work, and they are exposed to these creative techniques, which are many, it's something like a revelation. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they were in the dark, and now they can see the light. <laughs> and because of that, they get passionate about the, the technique or the process, which is quite good. They love it. But then what happened? Okay, they think or they feel even that they can use for everything. Every, every problem now is going to be tackled with this new technique. And, and you have two problems there. First, as Johnny was saying, not every situation needs to be creative, to be solved in a creative way. If, if it works, works, you go for it. This is one. And the second, each different techniques have different purpose. So uh, you have to be careful when you, with, with using it's a good balance and using the right technique and processes in the right moment and the right time. And probably I would say that the, the role of an innovation group is not, not to be innovative. It's probably more guide the people in the organization want to do what. Okay. Yodi Stern, do you want to comment on that? I know you have thoughts. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have thoughts on too many things maybe because I keep putting the <laughs> emphasis on, on the word thinking. Uh, and and therefore, I, I do disagree with Alejandro. I think that there are a lot of techniques out there that are very specific for certain occasions, and people, when they do get excited and passionate about it, they try to think that, you know, it's, it's uh, when, when I have a, a hammer, everything looks like a nail, that I can wedge it into pretty much any situation because I'm so excited about this method. Uh, if we're talking about real thinking skills, and we, we all understand how important thinking is, in our organization, uh, in life in general, I think, that if there's a method out there that really, after you've become better at metacognition about thinking about your thinking, you realize that it opens up your thoughts in ways that you usually don't approach that issue or any issue that's out there, then go ahead. Be passionate about that method. Use it properly so that you can explore all the alternatives that are out there because it works for you. It might not work for other people in the organization, but it works for you, and you can use it all the time if it works on that level of thinking. If it works on a functional level, use this method in this situation, then I agree mm-hmm. with Alejandro. There are methods that work well in manufacturing and other methods that work well in marketing and other methods that, that will work well in logistics, uh, and those are less thinking methods. Um, Yoni, I have a question for you. Do you need a mm-hmm. handbook? Do you need a guidebook or a, a rule book? Does a company need a rule book on when you're planning to be creative? These are the top three methods we recommend. This is the size of the room we want you to be in. These are the number of hours. Is there? Can, can you actually boil it down to a handbook or a guidebook? I want everybody to answer this, but Yoni, since you're on this, why don't you start, and then we'll go ask Frank and Alejandro as well. How, how do we do we prescribe this stuff to people? Do we say, mm-hmm. welcome to XYZ Corporation, 
Thursdays are creativity thinking days. You will spend four hours in this room. You will bring in one laptop and two pencils. You will have orange juice at noon and a chocolate chip cookie at three. And these are the top three methods you can select from. Can it be that rigid? Does that have, does that work? Talk to me. I think we're going back to the D word of discipline. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the one thing that, that really changes over time. I think that because of the way the world perceives innovation and creativity today, that it's so loose that you have to react to that at an early stage of really embedding an innovation culture in doing those artificial things that you mentioned. Yes, this day is innovation day, or we have to go into a separate room, or whatever mm-hmm. that might be, because you artificially have to build that culture. Uh, the plan is, and the point is, that in the long run, you don't need that anymore. So in the ideal world, the answer is absolutely no. Uh, in the short term, no question about it. You have to put those rigid structures on. Otherwise, you're not really going to make a change in your organization. Wow, you surprised me. Okay, <laughs> I, was, I was just being silly again. There's that silly word. Frank Rust. And Frank, we didn't ask you summer rest. Give us a two-sentence introduction to your new company. Just tell us before you answer and agree or disagree with Yoni Stern. Frank? Sure, I'm happy to do that. So um, we just built up or founded a company um, which is focusing on business model innovation for established companies. So what we do is we combine um, yeah, different classic strategic man- management um, methods with new things like design thinking or tools and methods you know from startup companies. Okay, thank you. And what are your thoughts about disciplining the creative process and having a handbook, a guidebook, a rule book, days of the week, hours of the day? Thoughts? <laughs> yeah. So uh, to be honest, I don't believe that you can have something like a handbook. And I think this is also what I strongly believe um, about uh, just thinking about ideas. And Alejandro mentioned, um, yeah, don't fall in love with your prototype or people mm-hmm. get too much um, yeah, engaged to their prototype. I think what is important is that you have methods in place which helps you to validate your ideas in the very f- uh, first stages and that you try to get feedback as soon as possible from other organizations, from your customers, maybe from users, and that you focus not only on thinking about problems, but about doing, experimenting. So I strongly believe that also this whole process is something you need to experience. You need really to do it to yeah, thought or think about every aspect which you need to, to cover to be truly innovative. Thank you, Frank. Alejandro, I want to bring up one more of your talking points from your notes as, as I ask you to comment on what we're discussing here. You say make sure that you have a process. I want to uh, yeah, yeah. Can I make a, a comment about uh, yeah. uh, something that Johnny said. Yeah, said yeah, before? go ahead. I still have one because point to make, but go ahead, make your comment. I disagree yes. with Johnny, but I want to agree with Johnny now, just to make a bit of balance here. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> so the, the point is, uh, uh, what is true is, Somehow, at the beginning, when you learn a new technique, it's external to you. But after you have used many times and works, somehow becomes internal, and you start to think and behave in a different way. So that process from from outside to inside happens at the individual level. I think that can be happening at the group level, at the company level too. So if you are enough, you, you are persistent enough in making mm-hmm. this effort 
to be more creative, after a while, you may become naturally creative. And you will not ah. think about this too much. You want to mm -hmm. become aware of behaving. And well, just, the, the whole just company flow. and the whole group is going to be much more productive at the end. Thank you, Alejandro. Mm -hmm. I have an important point yeah. to make from your talking points that we have to bring up. You say make sure you have a process in place to handle the ideas that come out of the creativity. And here's the caveat. If you ask people to make a creative effort and then nothing happens... It will be counterproductive. I know we're almost at the end of time. We've got eight minutes till the end of the show. And we still have to do our predictions. But Alejandro, since this was your point, why don't you just elaborate for us? How do you, it, we went in the beginning, I said, how do you pick the great ideas? How do you pick the ideas that you want to produce? This is a very old problem. Mm -hmm. People like to do uh, asking for ideas. People sometimes get excited and then anything happens. That, that's terrible. So people need to know that only a few of them will be used. But they need to get feedback about that. They need to feel that the effort makes some sense. Otherwise, they will, people will stop contributing. The, 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 the main thing is, uh, there's some studies there, and probably you only know them, but I think you, from Southern, the good ones is one or two. Uh, so the only, you cannot do this, but you cannot do the selection just by guessing. You need a process. And again, we are talking a lot of creativity, and at the same time, we are very disciplined. You need to have a way of doing this, and it's a business thing. Uh, the only difference is in, in creativity, you need to be a bit more loose. It's not that just be doing business case. You need a different metrics and a few methods there. But basically, you need to put a process for managing that. Otherwise, you get lost in, in an ocean of ideas, and you get drawn there. Thank you very much. Yoni, I think you probably have something to say on this, and Frank as well. Thoughts about what do you do with the ideas and how do you reward people for their creative efforts, but you don't have to produce everything. Thoughts on that, Yoni? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's all about implementation. If you have a creative effort and nothing comes of it, uh, people will, will not participate in the future. You're, you're really cheating your organization. So as with so many other things, maybe in an early stage you have to do things a bit more artificially, and, and start and reward or recognize uh, creativity or ideas or projects that might not be implemented in the end, but in some way you have to reward them, uh, even if they don't make the most business sense, eventually your creative ideas and projects mm -hmm. have to compete with the standard ideas and projects within the organization. It would be wrong to separate those processes. So if you have projects that are going through the organization through a really standard uh, procedure or through a standard process, your creative outputs should also go into that same process and not get special treatment. Uh, but it's true at the, at the first stages, sometimes you do need to, uh, to give a bit more of artificial reward uh, in mm -hmm. order to encourage that culture change. Wonderful point. Frank, rest briefly, and then I'm going to have to give each of you one minute exactly for predictions. Frank, thoughts on the reward system and actually bringing ideas to production? Go ahead, Frank, rest. Yes. So I agree. I think you, what you need to have in place is something like a reward system for, for your employees. But I also think that um, employees have are self-driven to be innovative, to be creative. And what you need to make sure is that you have an environment in place. Um, for ideas, to select the ideas, I think it's important that you test and validate them in the very, very first stage so that you make sure that you only follow those ideas which looks most promising. 
Thank you very much. We are launching ourselves headlong into the predictions round. I have exactly one minute each, and I mean one minute. So let's fast forward to the year 2020, if that year works for you in the crystal ball. Yoni Stern, SIT, one-minute predictions. What will be different in the next couple of years in terms of creative thinking in an organizational structure? Go. I think that organizations are going to stop arguing about whether innovation is the responsibility of the commercial or marketing team versus the technical uh, R&D team versus maybe we just have to create a separate innovation team or a startup or an internal venture. And uh, organizations will, will start to realize that innovation has to be a capability of everyone and applied throughout the organization on big, small, and mid-sized issues. Wonderfully put. Thank you so much, Frank Rust. I'll give you the same one-minute predictions. Go. All right. So I think if I take a look at my crystal ball or the bottom of my teacup, that in 2020, <laughs> innovation is more decentralized. So I think there are two types of companies. And I think the uh, company which is winning in this um, is companies who embrace or who have an ecosystem where they seek for innovation and inspiration. So they're actually looking for um, ideas from their partners and from their users. And I think this is maybe something you can compare to what Apple did with the App Store. So they provided the platform which helps people to build up new products, new functions on top of the product and doing things Apple has not even thought of themselves in the beginning. Whereas the other companies um, tend to have innovation in huge teams. So they, I think they have innovation in what you call the ivory towers, which they validate mm-hmm. um, too late in the markets and with the users, and which does not incorporate ideas which are out there. Thank you very much. And Alejandro Pifare, I saved exactly one minute for you. Predictions, go. Thank you. I don't have a crystal ball, but I have a glass ball. That works just fine. <laughs> uh, we used to talk about uh, in the past white collar, white collar workers, blue collar. We have we're talking now intellectual workers. I think we will have sooner creative workers, but people not because they're dedicated to creativity. I go to people who are some very good in their area, and they are very creative too. Uh, the good thing is these people are going to be high demand. They were able to pick the company they work for, and even better, they will be able to pick the project they want, they want to work for. Um, and doing that, uh, especially in big companies, these people were going to be in a very good position to make a huge difference. Thank you, Alejandro. You were all right on the money in terms of one minute of predictions. I never heard a panel be so concise out of 300 panels. Thank you very much. You win the Creative Predictions Prize. How's about that? And I thank all of you. Wonderful panel. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And thanks for indulging my silliness. Yoni Stern at SIT. That's Systematic Inventive Thinking. Frank Rust at the New Summer Rust. Congratulations. And Mazel Tov to you and Alejandro Pifare at SAP. Shout out to Michelle Serrier at SAP for sponsoring. And for the great tweets, we have captured so much of our panel's words of wisdom, so many of them. And you can check at hashtag SAP Radio to see what we've been talking about. Thanks to Brad and the Business Channel team. Uh, Let's see. This is the end of our broadcast week. I'll be back Monday with HR Trends with Game Changers, Wednesday morning coffee break, Wednesday afternoon, the Customer Edge with Game Changers. And next Thursday, we'll be back with another edition of Future of Business with Game Changers. So there, I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seat. Seatbelt.
be creative about it, but still fasten it. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Have a great week and a great weekend. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Innovating Innovation with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.